Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we first we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll be talking to David Bunau. He's from Lead for America, and he's on to talk about the Affordable Connectivity Program and some upcoming pop-ups. And of course, uh, right after that, we'll be joined by Dania Hakim, and she's with Elemental Accelerator. And of course, we're going to be talking about the their latest investment fund, as well as uh, her perspective on Silicon Valley Bank. So I, I definitely do want to hear that. And, of course, now I want to welcome David Bunau. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, he's uh, Lead for America. He's also my Lead for America fellow, so I, I, I know him well. And he's been involved with something uh, that the FCC is rolling out, and we've talked about this on the show before, called the Affordable Connectivity Program. Uh, but I, I first off want to welcome David to the show. Welcome, David. Bite Marsh Cafe. Hi, Bert. Thanks for the warm introduction, the warm welcome. Um, yeah, just wanted to talk about the ACP, all the efforts that we've been doing. Um, hopefully, get it out into more communities. Yeah. So, David, you've been uh, you've been on board with us for probably what the better part of maybe eight eight months or so, and and yeah. this whole ACP. Affordable connectivity program, you know, has been going on uh, for the most part throughout 2022 uh, as a result of, um, you know, during the pandemic, there was the uh, EBB, Emergency Broadband Benefit, and then the ACP. But the ACP didn't really have much of a uh, funded outreach effort. So a lot of it was uh, pretty much grassroots and, and, and just trying to get the frontline nonprofits to learn about the ACP and, and uh, get qualified households to, to um, apply. But, but from your perspective, what it, what, tell us what is the ACP? And, and you've been out there on the front line helping to assign people. What is the, what is the ACP and what is it geared uh, to do? Yeah, so the ACP or the Affordable Connectivity Program um, is a federal uh, subsidence program uh, that gets uh, consumers $30 off their internet bill that's discounted every month um, for people that qualify, and then up to $75 for people on tribal or Hawaiian homelands. Uh, the way I like to explain it really is like, I like to think of the ACP program as like food stamps or like WIC, mm-hmm. uh, but for internet. And, and uh, so what is WIC? Just for, for folks that might not know what WIC is. Yeah, I believe uh, WIC is a uh, program similar to food stamps or SNAP. Um, but it's for, uh, I think, uh, women, uh, infants, and um, children. I think, my, yeah, the, yeah, I think children. children is a C. So, so it's really helping, uh, you know, families that that you said qualify, and it's a it's a thirty dollar off the internet bill. It's like a it's a federally funded subsidy. Uh, do you have a sense as to what would what would uh, perhaps qualify someone for the ACP? Yeah, usually the qualifier is income-based. So if you make mm-hmm. um, 200% or less of the federal poverty level, right. um, then you qualify. But if that's not the case, um, you can also qualify if you're on um, certain programs or certain government programs. Like if you have Medicaid, mm-hmm. if you are a receiver of veterans' pension, um, if you're on SSI, um, if you're on SNAP or food stamps or WIC, like we previously mentioned, um, those are all things that can qualify you. Uh, for the monthly benefit. Um, another qualifier that uh, has been really helpful is if your kids go to um, 
a CEP school, a community eligible uh, eligibility provision school, mm-hmm. um, or they get free and reduced lunch, um, then you can qualify through them too. That's great. Now, David, you know, you've shared a lot of information. Uh, obviously, people can can go on the website, and I'll, I'll I'll share the website if if people are interested. But there's these ACP pop ups that you've been really actively creating, and you know, one of the first ones that we did was over at Palama Settlement. Tell us a little bit about what an ACP pop up is. Yeah, so an ACP pop up um, is kind of just like a, a little pop up event. Uh, sometimes we partner with uh, organizations or uh, uh, communities that are hosting events and uh, have a booth with them and mm-hmm. try to enroll as many people as we can um, in the program um, or kind of just spread the word out and make sure that people are aware of um, the program and if they're eligible, um, and to maybe even spread it out to their friends and family. Um, but it's usually just uh, a gathering of people um, and us kind of, you know, at the event, boots on the ground, mm-hmm. um, handing out flyers, and just letting people know that um, they have this opportunity or this benefit um, that they should and need to take advantage of. And and David, you got a you got a pop up coming up pretty uh, soon, right? You got something coming up tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We actually have one tomorrow at uh, Towers at Cohio Park. Um, that one is for the residents of the Towers, um, and then it'll be uh, tomorrow from I think it was one uh, thirty to three thirty mm-hmm. for all the residents at Towers. And then there are there are a couple of other upcoming uh, ACP pop ups. Uh, why don't you give us a a rundown of, of what's on the uh, calendar. Yeah, for sure. So we have a couple more um, coming up. So one is the Marshallese Education Day. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be at Prince uh, Ruth Kelly Kolani Middle School, uh, Saturday, April 22nd, uh, from 12.45 to 2 p.m. Um, and then we'll be on Moloka'i with the Moloka'i Rural Health Community Association on the 24th, I believe. Um, and then our last one that we have uh, scheduled is the Celebrate Micronesia Festival um, at Bishop Museum. That's going to be May twentieth, uh, nine a.m. to. Great. I uh, I heard you say nine a.m. What when did go? When does it go till? Um, nine a.m. to two p.m. Got it. Got it. Okay. And and David, um, these are kind of geared specifically for those communities. Is there a is there a place that we can go to to find out the listing of of these events or? Uh, we don't have something set up like that right now. Uh, we currently don't have something set up like that right now, um, but I'd be happy to work with you to get something up and posted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to figure out where it would be the best place to post that, but I, I will uh, share the URL. I mean, there is a URL if they if anybody's interested to learn more about it. It's, it's broadband.hawaii.gov slash forward slash ACP and that's where the general information is and and maybe we'll figure out how to get uh, some of the the latest um, scheduled pop-ups to to you know be listed there as well but uh, David hey mahalo for joining me yeah thanks for having me Bert and of course uh, we'll be right back after this short break to uh, be uh, having a conversation with uh, Daniel Hakim from Elemental And, of course, uh, we're very interested in their new investment fund as well as uh, Silicon Valley Bank. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm Bert Lum, and I want to welcome to the show Dania Hakim. She's the Managing Director over at Elemental Accelerator, and uh, she's here to talk about their $43 million investment fund. And I want to welcome uh, Dania to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. And Dania, you know, maybe um, maybe before we get into some of the substance, substantive uh, discussion of our, our, of our uh, interview here, uh, give us a little uh, maybe a pitch, a little, short little elevator pitch of what Elemental Accelerator does. Sure, sure. So Elemental is a nonprofit investor. We're founded in Honolulu. We now have staff across the continent, and we're really grounded in social impact with more than a decade of experience across the climate sector. We've invested in transformative technologies that aim to prioritize social impact and really believe it's critical to center communities at every stage of development and implementation. And we also think that climate action doesn't happen in a vacuum. So we're committed to system change. So we also provide ecosystem support through our policy lab, our corporate connections. We focus on diverse talent acquisition, follow-on funding, and beyond. And you have, uh, you know, in in the typical sort of accelerator uh, playbook, uh, you have cohorts and you have a program. And and I think, uh, what, you're on cohort number, was it 12? Twelve are recruiting for now. Woo-hoo. Yeah, believe it or not. And the companies that participate in in your accelerator, I mean, they, like you said, you have people across the country, so uh, they aren't necessarily all from Hawaii. I mean, they're all across the the continent, right? They're all across the continent and the world, actually. Mm-hmm. So our companies are based based all over the world. They have deployments in all fifty states. Um, in over a hundred com- countries, and so it really is a global program. But we are really committed to to, to supporting Hawaii entrepreneurs as well. So, given the given the uh, let's say role that Elemental plays and the companies that have been going and participating in in your cohort cohort, uh, what, what would you, I guess, uh, maybe, how would you characterize the startup? environment uh, here in Hawaii, especially in this uh, sort of climate, clean clean tech climate uh, uh, environment for, for startups? Yeah, I mean, there's some terrific entrepreneurs in Hawaii that we've been longtime supporters of. We, um, for instance, invested in, in Shifted Energy mm-hmm. one of uh, in one of our earliest cohorts, and they just announced a major raise with some really incredible investors um, from Hawaii and across the country. And so there's um, some exciting progress um, for them in the near term. Other companies like Farmlink Hawaii and Hawaii Ulu Cooperative that have deep uh, local impact um, potential and are really thoughtful and intentional about how they deploy. And our most recent addition last year was Hohonu. They're Mm -hmm. a local company that provides real-time water level monitoring. Yeah. So they're an incredible company. They just today announced the recent fundraise and so um there's a robust ecosystem of entrepreneurs and of um kind of accelerators and investors and support organizations i'd say 
what we're really committed to is helping our entrepreneurs here in Hawaii and um, you know across the country connect with with each other and really have that peer-to-peer learning opportunity. That's where you really get this sort of transformational change and. Um, and it's not always possible for our entrepreneurs out here to connect with others from across the country. And so I think that's the one, one challenge that we really try to overcome through our model. And, you know, before we get to the investment fund that uh, you, you are um, rolling out, the $43 million investment fund, uh, I, I did yeah. want to ask you a little bit about if any of our startup uh, companies were impacted by Silicon Valley Bank and what what uh, was yeah. the the perspective from the elemental uh, view view plane? Oh my gosh, it was an insane week or so. Um, we learned a lot uh, since the collapse of, of Silicon Valley Bank. We had you know, over two dozen companies banking with them, mm-hmm. another dozen banking with First Republic, um, and you know, right as we sort of heard the news and we're settling into what could be possible, we had an emergency meeting with our entrepreneurs and had. On a Sunday afternoon, we had an incredible amount of folks join and, you know, a lot of fears around what was what, what could happen. And right at the tail end of that call, we got the news from the Treasury and everyone, like, massive sigh of, uh, of relief. Uh, it's probably an understatement. So once, what you know, that, that was a really intensive few days. We had some of our entrepreneurs in Hawaii moving money, um, you know, quite frantically from SVB to other, you know, local banks, Um Mm-hmm. to make sure that they, they were secure. Um, and, you know, so so that was one thing. It's like, okay, that happened. We moved past that. But then now, you know, we've turned our attention to sort of the broader ramifications for the sort of climate tech and startup industry. Um, you know, we, we, we knew there'd be sort of negative ripple effects in sort of overall market confidence in, in climate. Um, the area we're seeing the biggest gap is access to debt capital. Um, we're already hearing from portfolio companies that it's harder and harder to get debt capital from the larger banks. SCB gave really, like, really um, inclusive and um, accessible terms. Mm-hmm. They didn't require personal guarantees, for instance. So just, just to give you a sense, if you don't come from a lot of wealth um, and you are starting a new company, and you need, you know, a lot of upfront capital. It's kind of a non-starter if you need, if, if it requires a personal guarantee. Right. So SVP right. played a, a critical role there. And we also saw if they knew startups. They moved fast. They offered lots of flexibility. And so we're just seeing that other lenders are really having trouble replicating that approach. Mm-hmm. So worried about what impact that will have um, on, on kind of our, our startups. Having and you know, climate tech startups in general having the capacity to to scale in a moment when they absolutely need to. We really don't have a lot of time left to curb the worst effects of climate change. We really have just over six years, um, and so this is the moment we're seeing kind of fears from the uh, and, and apprehension from the VC venture capital world generally in kind of fears around their the pending recession um, we're also hearing some sort of we're also seeing some implementation delays for, from the inflation reduction act that are making it difficult for climate tech companies to get funding they need so at this moment between scb inflation reduction act and the sort of fears around the recession it's, it's a challenging you know fundraising environment for startups 
So you you know you brought up a great point about uh, you know you know debt financing and basically that's trying to get a loan from some of these banks, right? And Silicon Valley Bank exactly. uh, was was very uh, uh, creative about providing you know flexible loan kind of uh, arrangements. What what are the alternatives now? I mean, because of the you know the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. I mean, are there are there local banks stepping up to be more supportive or? They're they're playing there a very are, cautious role. Yeah, they're local banks, um, and there are larger banks trying to fill that void. It's just the comfortability around risk. Mm-hmm. SVB was so willing to kind of lean into risk. They knew startups so well and understood the particular challenges around technology risk, and that just is more is not necessarily the case. It takes longer for some of the other. Um, Investors and, and bankers that are less comfortable with that are less experienced. I'd say philanthropy is starting to, you know, step up. Grant funding is becoming more available um, for startups. And in a more creative way, we're seeing more philanthrop- philanthropists lean into program-related investments, the so ways that they can actually invest in for-profit companies that meet their mission. Um, and so more and more kind of folks stepping in to fill that gap. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why we are doing the same. Um, And, you know, the funding that we're raising is really to try to fill that gap um, and help deploy climate, you know, solutions more quickly. Did, did the credit Suisse play a role in some of this, uh, you know, banking crisis along with uh, Silicon Valley bank? Cause I know they're also in trouble. Yeah, it wasn't so much an issue with them. They've had some challenges um, over the years, um, and they got kind of backed up pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. that one wasn't kind of as big of an impact mm-hmm. as First Republic and Silicon Valley. So, in in I guess in terms of how it might have affected uh, the the local startup community, I mean that's probably where Elemental is having to step up in finding you know other. Uh, banking institutions that will support the the startup ecosystem here. Yeah, exactly. And to provide that support ourselves. So we were gearing up um, over the weekend to build kind of our own debt facility to support our startups through that gap if the government, the federal government hadn't stepped in. And then now, you know, providing this, raising and, and deploying this extra um, capital to support our entrepreneurs mm-hmm. both in Hawaii and beyond. So, yeah, it's a mix um, of local local banking support, which is one thing, and then it's capital raise, which is another. Well, I do want to talk about the $43 million, uh, in your investment yeah. fund and what you plan to do with that, but uh, we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Dania Hakim from Elemental Accelerator. And, of course, we're talking about investing in clean tech and amongst all the changes in the the financial industry, banking industry, uh, that's that's going on around us. Of course, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Dania Hakim. She's with the uh, Elemental Accelerator. She's a managing director there. And we're talking about investing in our startup community. And, and of course, right before the break, uh, we were talking about uh, Silicon Valley Bank and 
the the challenges that you know the loss of of their uh, you know maybe supportive uh, supportive banking instruments that would enable, like you said, de- the debt financing and and the fact that you know, what, from what I understand, you know, you could actually have an account there that was more than uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and and uh, typically banks you know have a limit on how much you can put into your your you know your checking account. Uh, but anyway, that's what we were talking about before. And and uh, Daniel, you have a $43 million investment fund. And I guess maybe talk a little bit about what you plan to do with that fund. And how would you instruct uh, a startup that you are interested in investing in uh, where to potentially put that money? Because once you invest in a company, they're going to use that money for operational, uh, you know, spends, right? And, and they're going to need to put it in some uh, account that, is is easily accessible, and that's why oftentimes, uh, you know, startups were putting money into Silicon Valley Bank because they could put more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars into an account and then access it pretty easily. What what's going to replace that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll talk about the fund a little bit. What we what we are planning to do, and then happy to kind of address the where any strategies on where um, and how to diversify. So mm-hmm. um, first off. We okay, so we are committed to increasing our funding to forty-three million across two initiatives this year. So one, Elementals accepting applications, as we said at the top, for our twelfth cohort, and we're going to increase funding for that cohort by five million. So that is a total of thirteen million dollars going out to fifteen to twenty startups in our next cohort. We're recruiting now through. We have an early application deadline on April fourteenth, and then. The final deadline's May 31st, so happy to share more about that. Um, and that's for our core offering. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our coaching-based work um, called our strategy track, where we really dive into the key needs um, to help a company with their go-to-market strategy, sales, and commercialization. And then another way we work with companies, which is our project deployment track, where we really help companies by providing um, a million in funding and a lot of support and resources to deploy a transformational project. So that could be a new geographic expansion for them, a new customer segment, a new business model, help them really de-risk a larger scale-up opportunity out in the real world. Mm-hmm. So that that's that piece of it. That's the $13 million. And then the second initiative for that other $30 million is uh, an effort. It's new this year. So we're raising an additional $30 million in catalytic project funding, and the intention is to fund five, five or six projects that can really demonstrate profound community impact and greenhouse gas impact. Um, we are funding those projects from our existing portfolio for now. So we have over 150 companies that we've funded over the past, you know, over a dozen years. And we're going to start there. We're going to pilot these projects with them really prove out this model of helping companies de-risk larger scale project deployment and then offer that as a as a um, a new offering to new portfolio companies in the future. So that's what brings us to the total of, of forty three million. Oh, I see, I see. And and what you described as catalytic. So catalytic is really uh, and and I was going to ask you where are you going to find those companies to potentially invest sort of this catalytic uh, fund but you're already going to tap the pool that you already have uh, created. And so what are maybe maybe share exactly. a little bit of an example of what is currently in your portfolio that could 
benefit from a catalytic fund and, and what would they do with the money? Sure. So we're still um, selecting the projects. I don't want to give too much away with specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll, I'll share a couple examples. Okay. So one company we're really excited about um, is um, let's see, what's the best one to tell you about? Um, let's see, they have a facility that uses waste CO2, and they actually produce a um, sustainable aviation fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and for them, there are some key things that they need to do, some engineering studies, um, key sort of pre-development tasks like permitting um, and and um, legal and offtake agreements and, mm-hmm. and kind of contracting that'll help them get to um, a, their first major um, commercial facility. So providing some capital to help them do that effectively. Uh, another company we're really excited about is a company that deploys um, or will be raising funds to support um the purchase of vans and charging stations, um, the acquisition of vans and charging stations that um, provide access to for low-income communities um, for sort of greater last-mile transportation. Um, so it's a mix; it's all over the board, but it's really it's it's projects within our within our portfolio that we think can be really catalytic, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, that can be really transformational for climate. Um, and we'll have more to share on kind of what exactly those projects are um, in the next few weeks, actually, um, when we announce the first few. Um, and really, our intention is when I say catalytic, it's that we want to we're going to provide some funding, but we really want that to be an opportunity for more capital um, to unlock more capital, whether that be government funding, philanthropy, other sort of financing providers, maybe that's venture capital or other debt providers. And so what can we provide in this sort of smaller bucket of, let's say, 500000 to $5 million, um, per company that would then unlock a much bigger pool of capital? So that's what we're driving towards with these projects. And it's our first time piloting them. We're really excited to explore this opportunity and scale it. Wow, that that is sounding. That's uh, well, you know, very much as a plan. You have a plan. <laughs> so, uh, when you when you talk about yeah, when you talk about catalytic, I mean, are, are you also looking at scaling? I mean, are these companies that you want to uh, provide some catalytic funding to and scale beyond their current market size? Exactly, uh-huh. exactly. That's what we're trying to do. That's the name of the game right now: is scaling technologies in the real world. We need these solutions at scale. We need them to get to be, you know really economically viable so we can transition from kind of dirty fossil fuels to this clean well you know Daniel, we're all building towards daniel you know i know we could probably spend an next uh, you know hour talking about some of this stuff but uh tell us where mm-hmm. you know what's the uh application process you know and where can people go to find out more information and you know what do you what do you what kind of pro- company profile are you looking for yeah, we're looking for, it's a range depending on the track. So I encourage, encourage folks, all you need to do is have two full-time employees and a working prototype out of the lab to be eligible. So I really encourage you to check out our website. As I mentioned, applications are open now. Priority deadline is April 14th, so coming up. But they will be open until May 31st, and you can find more on our website. Very good. And you're going to be looking for, what, uh, maybe 12 to 15 companies? 
for this cohort? 15 to 20, yeah, 15 to 20 for this next cohort. Very, very good. Daniel Hakim is the Managing Director from Elemental Accelerator and oversees their portfolio companies. And Daniel, I want to thank you for joining me today. Yes, happy to be here. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll kick off the first day of Hawaii Public Radio Spring Pledge Drive. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.